We talked a lot about grand writing and manuscript writing in the last couple episodes. And in this episode, I want you to discover and really ask yourself, what will my next grand or manuscript require of me to make it successful? And the answer honestly might surprise you. So stay tuned uh, for after the music and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Academic Revolution Podcast, where we are creating a movement to change the future of academic medicine forever. I'm Inga Hoffman, a Harvard-trained pediatric hematologist, oncologist, and a passionate leadership coach with over 20 years of experience in academic medicine. This is the first podcast for academic physicians that will show you how to achieve higher productivity become an impactful leader and create a highly successful career doing what you love without sacrificing your personal life. You and I know that the traditional system is broken, so it's time to say no to the old publish or perish mentality and say yes to lasting change. Join me as we transform academic medicine from the inside out, one physician at a time, starting right here with the Academic Revolution podcast. Well, welcome back to the Academic Revolution podcast and Happy New Year if you're listening to this pretty much as it gets released. We entered a new year and I'm so excited to be back with you. We had a little bit of a holiday hiatus um, so that people can just catch up with the episodes and honestly, I was traveling quite a bit too and being on call. But I'm excited to be back today and continue part three of the writing series where we really talked a lot about writer's block and how to write successfully. I gave you a lot of practical tips in episodes one and two and how to get your next manuscripts and grants written with success and with more ease and overcome procrastination and writer's block. Now, if you have not listened to episodes 31 and 32, then go back and listen to those where I will unpack for you some very, very practical practical things that you can implement immediately to overcome writer's block and get your writing projects off the ground. But today I want to take it on a different level and I would say that this lesson is actually the most important one of it all. Today we will talk about what is dear to my heart and I will teach you what your next grant or manuscript will actually require of you to make it successful. And it's not all the cool practical tips and hacks on how to write and those little writing sessions and all these kind of things. It's actually going much deeper and the answer will really surprise you what to think about. But this is straight from pillar number three and I guess a little bit pillar number two of the physician success DNA method, which is mental mastery and leadership identity. Now, if you have no idea what I mean by physician success DNA method and these three pillars, which are performance habits, leadership identity, mental mastery, then go all the way back to the beginning of the Academic Revolution podcast, where I actually talk about this, what these three pillars mean and why they're absolutely foundational to create a successful academic career and life for that matter. So go back and tune into that. But let's dive right in. 
If you have been writing grants or manuscripts in the past, chances are that there or has been a time where you really struggled with just making progress. While I gave you a lot of practical tips over the last couple episodes, it is likely that there will be times when you still face roadblocks. And you say, great, these practical tips are great. I know exactly what to do and how to approach successful grant writing. I will get into my habits. I will set up writing time. I use different tools to help me conceptualize my paper and grants. And we talked about mind mapping and audio recording and all these different cool things that you can do when you struggle with writer's block. But I have been doing this for a long time. I've been in academia for 20 years plus. I've coached people for many years. And I see one thing happen over and over again. Something I struggled with myself. I can know all the things. I can use some really practical tools. But chances are there will be things where I just fall off the wagon for no particular reason. And where I'm having a hard time. And this is what I want to unpack today. What is actually required of me and myself to make this successful? We're not going to talk about other people and outside influences. What I'm sharing with you today will stand and withhold no matter what circumstances you're facing in life and in your academic environment. So let's talk about a few pointers to help you understand what will really help moving those writing projects forwards? The first one, and I'm probably going to share about three points. The first one is be very clear on your goals. What do you actually want to accomplish with this grant or with this manuscript? And the big picture, where does this fit in with your vision and there to say with your purpose in life? And having crystal clarity on your overall vision and purpose and how this specific goal of a manuscript or a grant fits in there is really, really important. And if you don't have that foundation, honestly, it's very easy to just suddenly find yourself in like quicksand and get a little bit lost and say, why the heck am I actually doing this? Maybe other people told me to do this. Maybe that looks good on my CV. But when the going gets rough, you really have to have a deeper purpose and a very clear vision why you got into this project in the first place. That is so important. I cannot stress this enough. The next thing is as you become clear on where your goals actually come from, usually from your larger vision and purpose, you want to be really clear of what is required of you, meaning who do I need to be as a person? What are the characteristics and attitudes and values of a person that is striving for that particular goal? What do I mean by that? So that means like a person who has a clear vision and specific goals Let's say your clear vision is you want to be an academic leader in a certain field or research area in your specialty or area of expertise. And you want to make a difference in that area so patients really benefit from it generations to come. 
or perhaps you're an educator, you really want to impact medical education, and God knows that needs some serious transformation to create the next level of leaders in the medical academic environment to actually improve our system and our education. Um, wonderful. Whatever it might be, it will require something of you. And it will require a characteristic to help you withstand time, obstacles, difficulties, when you just sometimes don't feel like it. And that requirement is really a characteristic. Now, who does a successful person need to be? That is usually at a level of an identity. That's why I talk about leadership identity all the time. So what could be an example of leadership identity? So an academic leader that has the goals we just outlined, like being the next leader in the field, of changing uh, research in a field, etc. their identity might be, I'm a committed person, because commitment is something that is very deep and very strong, right? I'm committed to this outcome. And because I'm committed, I'm not letting go when the road going red is rough, even with my small little goals that I have, such as submitting this grant to get this research funded, that is part of my bigger vision. So maybe commitment is a way of being for you, how you can show up as an academic physician leader, that is a deeply ingrained identity. Perhaps something could be that you're brave or courageous because let's face it and be real. We all know uh, being in academia uh, requires sometimes a lot of thick skin. It also requires to go against the stream very often. In fact, I encourage you to do that. Think for yourself and go against the stream and question what we have all learned over the years whether that's in your area of expertise or how the whole system functions, because only then we can improve it. So you might need courage, you might need bravery, you might need, uh, you certainly will need commitment and perseverance. So these are all non-sexy words. Nobody talks about perseverance anymore. (laughs) But um, these are very important characteristics of a true leader. You just keep on going at it. You keep on going at it in the quiet, and the still, in the stress, in the storms, whatever it is. Because if that's back to number one, your deeper goal and purpose to uh, move the field forward and the manuscript or the grant is just one tiny, tiny, tiny piece of that puzzle, then that's what it takes. So we talked about having a clear goal, knowing your identity, and you can play with those ideas of identity, And then the third one is, this is uh, such a cliche, but believe in yourself. Honestly, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. And it's something we very easily say, oh, just believe in yourself. But no, really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, even they will come, those doubts, that you can do it and that you're here on this spinning planet to do exactly that. And that, again, that belief in yourself is very deeply rooted, usually in our identity and as well as our vision and purpose for our life. So having clarity about our purpose, our vision and our goals that are associated with that 
is tremendously helpful to actually help you believe in yourself. So it doesn't become a soft kind of pat on the shoulder and a wishy-washy, yeah, I'm going to believe in myself. I'm going to put that on my refrigerator or on my phone app. No, like it is a shadow of a doubt. I'm here on this planet. I'm here to do this work. And I have some coaching clients that inspire me so much about this because I can see that in every fiber of their being, how they come to this place that they are like, I'm here to do this work. That's what I'm here to do. And you can you can feel that in their energy, how they speak. And guess what? That's tremendously helpful to keep on moving forward. So believe in yourself. And just some practical things to go along with that. You know, you can tell yourself, I believe in myself. That's usually not going to cut it. But you really want to viscerally, on some visceral level, even feel it. You can visualize it, you can write it out, but then I would really encourage you, you know, you know, to take some time and really, as you visualize things, that why, that's why people have vision boards, for example, you over time attach an emotion to it. Perhaps you even have a personal story that is attached to your career path that makes your career goals suddenly a very emotional thing that can give you even a visceral reaction and that can anchor your belief especially in times of struggle so these are all the three tips I want to share with you I know there could be so many things we can go here and I want to keep this podcast episode short and brief certainly I talk with this about this kind of stuff with my coaching clients all the time and it's so fun to see that transformation but just to recap have a very clear vision and goals that are associated with your vision and your purpose. Be crystal clear about that. Two, have a leadership identity that is a way of being to help you succeed. So whether that's courage or commitment or integrity is another good one, perseverance, whatever that is, pick a couple of words that are really your mantra. Number three, Believe in yourself with the core of your being, not just a wishy-washy bumper sticker. Okay, so I hope this served you today. Also, um, I just will put in the show notes a couple episodes that you uh, will help you, especially when I talk about leadership identity in a way of being. I have a very practical episode. Actually, it's for my academic revolution training that I host twice a year. And it will be coming up again in the spring. And if you go back to episode 27, which was the Academic Revolution live training, um, the second day, there is a very practical example on how you can think about different levels of leadership identity. And I actually give a grand writing example very specifically. This will really help you. So go back and listen to that episode. And again, if you're not familiar with the pillars of the physician success DNA method that I've developed, go back to the beginning of the episodes. And episode four in particular talks about leadership identity as well. All right, so that's it for today. I am creating a little PDF for you, a little workbook to wrap these three lessons up in one and actually have you go through it at home, have a little workbook so you can implement this work. 
this is really the key purpose that you with every podcast episode can take something and implement it into your daily life. That's how we create change and transformation one physician at the time. So thanks for listening. Happy New Year again and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Academic Revolution podcast today. If you've gotten value from today's episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends and colleagues and help create a movement that changes the future of academic medicine forever. Also, don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn and visit ingahoffman.com for more information on how to work with me. Links are in the show notes. Until then, be well and see you on the next episode of the Academic Revolution podcast.